On today's episode of Content Conversation, I'm speaking with our SEO manager, John Eric De La Cruz, on on SERP suggestions for content marketers. If you're creating content and you're finding that it's ranking well, but just not getting a lot of traffic, this is a great episode to talk through maybe some suggestions on how you should revise your content to be more attractive to earn those clicks on the SERP. So to dive right into the first tip, I typically recommend at the brainstorming stage to look at clicks and search clicks as opposed to search volume to validate if a piece of content is a good idea to even create in the first place. So we're finding more and more as Google is rolling out more search features, things like quick answer boxes, people also ask boxes, image packs, video carousels, so on and so forth. All of those features that are on a search result page is just taking away potential clicks to organic ranking content. So if you use a tool like Ahrefs, which is what we use, now they have a feature where instead of just showing the monthly searches for a given keyword, you can also see how many clicks to organic content that keyword gets. And we're using clicks more and more internally as a way to validate that it's a good idea as opposed to search volume. An example of this that I always like to show in training is the keyword Christmas songs. So if you plug that keyword into Ahrefs, it is roughly like 140,000 search volume, which is huge. But then the click-through rate is actually 56,000, which is still a really good number, but it's basically more than half of the searches don't result in any kind of click. So if we're talking to a client and we're trying to convince them to create content around the keyword Christmas songs, we're not using that search volume number to validate whether or not it's a good idea for them. Instead, we want to use search clicks. And if you look at that SERP, you'll see why the clicks are basically cut in half because Google has rolled out so many video carousels and YouTube carousels. And you basically, if you're searching for Christmas songs, Google has already built you a playlist right there on the search page. So you don't need to click into anything else. But John, when it comes to search clicks, is there anything else that you've advised that people should look out for? With search clicks and search volume, a lot of content marketers and SEOs fall victim to that shiny metric of that larger search volume, right? And so bigger isn't better in this case. It isn't a cake. And so we want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're looking at those metrics that will fuel a better content strategy. And so and alongside clicks, we have traffic numbers. And so keeping in mind that you have keywords that overlap on different pages of content, looking at traffic numbers when you're doing your keyword research will contribute to a better content strategy because those traffic numbers for specific pages will closely resemble the content that you're looking to create. And it's the same thing as that click data. It's not just search volume of like, as you mentioned, 144,000 that only gets clicked half the time. It's seeing those specific number of people that are going to that page that you might be trying to create a page for. Yes, I like that point about what is the number one, two, three ranking piece and what traffic are they actually getting that's realistic? Because that's going to be the best indicator of whether or not you can replicate that success. And then moving to the, my, our next tip, we get a lot of inquiries from clients about capturing the quick answer box. When that was rolled out two, three years ago, it was like the hottest news in SEO. And we had so many conversations with clients of like, how do we get to basically ranking zero? Like, how do you rank top of the page in a quick answer box? What do you typically advise clients on there, John? Yeah, so I guess this goes by different names. 
If you haven't heard Quick Answer Box, you may have heard a featured snippet, Instant Answers. There might be other names. I've never heard of Instant Answers. That's a new one. I think we used to call it, like some people used to call it Instant Answers here at Siege. But Super (laughs) Snippet, I'd say, is the biggest one that people will call it. But yeah, it has different names there. And so there's multiple formats. You have your most popular one of paragraphs, lists. So that could be a numbered list or a bolted list. And then if it's like a video, if you're searching for a music video, a video will come up and then oftentimes there'll be a table, which I never see anymore. So tables, I wouldn't really count because who sees tables in the feature snippet anymore. But for these studies have shown that they come from ranking on the first page. So the top 10 and a large amount of those coming from the top five. And so when you're looking to rank for the feature snippet or capture that featured snippet, focus on your posts that are ranking on page one instead of pages that are, you know, page two, three, et cetera. And when you're doing your keyword research tools like Ahrefs, Semrush, Moz, et cetera, they'll tell you if there's a featured snippet opportunity for those specific keywords. And so pay attention to those different indicators in those tools, whether it's a good idea to grab or not, because doing it manually will take some time. When it comes to like keyword placement in the actual, so for example, I know for a lot of like definition queries, if you're trying to rank for what is proxy server and you want to grab that quick answer box, I've had to advise a lot of content writers and also our clients on like, where do you answer that query in the document? Is it Do you have what is a proxy server as your title of your post? Do you have as an H2 later? What are you typically telling people in terms of keyword placement or secure a featured snippet? Yeah, this goes back to, I guess, like core marketing principles, right? So knowing Mm -hmm. who your audience is. And so if you have a piece of content that's answering a small question, it might not be the best piece of content for that. Maybe a long form guide is something better because... It's answering other questions that align to it. And so it's another, it depends answer. Right. You know, that SEO, it depends answer is coming up again. But for that, you know, placing it in your H2, maybe it's an H3. Most of the time we place it in the H2 and then answering that question as concisely as possible. So you have your H2 of like, what is a proxy server? And then right underneath it, answering a proxy server is whatever a proxy server is. (laughs) Yeah, I still don't know what a proxy server is. So my final question on featured snippet is sometimes we'll advise clients on how to capture that featured snippet. And then once they do, they actually see a drop in organic traffic, not a rise. So what conversations are you typically having with clients when that outcome is happening? Yeah, so featured snippets, inherently, they're built by Google to quickly, or if you call them in a quick answer box, the definition is in that name is it's a quick answer. And so they're trying to serve that information as quickly as possible to a user on that search or whatever query that is. And so that's something that we'll communicate to clients is, hey, you've successfully captured that feature snippet or that quick answer box, but you may see traffic drop for it because it's a answer that people don't need to look further into. And so that depends on the content and depends on that strategy that you're trying to build around featured snippets is if you're trying to grab a feature snippet where users aren't going to be engaged in the sense that they don't want to click into your site to learn more, maybe it's not worth optimizing your page for that. If it's something where you have a question that you're trying to answer and they would benefit from knowing more about that topic, those are great featured snippet opportunities there. And so we'll shoot to go for those opportunities with clients, depending on what we're seeing on the SERPs. Yeah, and that tip 
flows nicely into another thing that I advise clients on is just improving their title tag. So if your content is maybe ranking well, maybe not top of page one, but bottom half, you've already refreshed the content, you feel like you've done all that you can on your actual post. Something to consider is maybe some title tag testing or title tag changes to encourage more clicks. So you mentioned in featured snippets, how can you create desire to want to click through, especially for those snippets where it really concisely answers the question. I find title tags are a great way to do this. I've seen some really fun title tag testing and examples. For example, the query cholesterol in eggs. There's a huge feature right at the top on the search result page that basically shows how much cholesterol is in a single egg. And then there's like a people also ask box. So there is like no organic content ranking at the top half of this SERP. But there's some really interesting title tags below it that do entice me to want to click through to them still. So for example, there's a title tag from the Heart Foundation that just says, how many eggs can I eat a day? Which if you're If you're curious how many eggs you want to eat in a day before getting sick, my answer is two. Like that's max number of eggs. But if you really need to know, Heart Foundation has you covered. There's other title tags like there's one from WebMD that's titled Are Eggs the Cholesterol Enemy Again? Which is just a little bit more like clickbaity. So like even though it's coming from, I think WebMD can like play with those title tags a little bit more because they're already seen as a scientific expert. So they can maybe like inject some more personality. But that's a good tip to think about with your title tags is depending on your brand, could you get away with maybe a more clickbaity title or just a more fun personality in your title and you don't have to match the keyword exactly of cholesterol in eggs. Another title tag tip that I've seen people do is kind of answering the question in the title or again, as a way to encourage that click. So for example, if you search, are timeshares worth it? Basically all of page one, every single title is that sentence. It's just, are timeshares worth it? Question mark. But a small handful of ones that stand out, NerdWallet has a title that says, are timeshares worth it? possibly if you buy smart. And then that's like the end of the title. And to me, that makes me want to click on NerdWallet's article way more than the other ones on the page because I think, oh, like it's not a yes, no. And then if it's saying, if you buy smart, I'm then thinking, oh, okay, what are those tips to like make sure that I'm making the right investment? So think about that with title tag writing is like, how can you stand out while still achieving the needs of that exact keyword match. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to add here is, Caroline, you briefly mentioned the word testing is test your title tags. Look at different ways you can manipulate your title tags. Maybe you have a PDF in your content or some sort of downloadable test, including that in your title tag with the word free. There are studies that say that putting the word free in your title tag have improved clicks. And then from there, just track and monitor it by looking at click-through rates. Some people pay attention to clicks or impressions there, but remember that those two items go off of trends and that click-through rate will reflect those title tag tests that you are running. So John, another SERP feature that I know clients care about a lot is rich snippets. So when it comes to rich snippets, I know that also encompasses a variety of different types of snippets and features. So at the start, what are you typically looking for in terms of opportunities for a client? 
Yeah, so rich snippets, I think this is interchangeably called a rich result. Google is on the fence, it feels like, on what they want to call it and the whole SEO community and content marketers. So rich snippet, rich result, whatever you want to call it. These rich snippets, they enhance your visibility on the SERPs. And so they don't necessarily improve your rankings. Remember that these are just items that will add on to your existing listing. And so look through keywords you're ranking on the first page for. If you're on the second or third page, no one may be looking in that second or third page. And so if you have review snippets, a rich snippet for reviews, that may not show up there. And so, or it will show up. So if you're on the second page and you have that rich snippet for a review, people may not be more inclined to click it because they're not seeing it. And so look through keywords you are ranking on the first page for. And as mentioned, it just enhances your SERP placement. And so some of those core rich snippets you have are reviews, as mentioned. You have recipes, which is a pretty big one. Product markup, FAQs, that's a brand new one kind of that everyone likes to abuse this year. And how to's. <laughs> How-tos and FAQ schema. I believe FAQ schema shows up on desktop and mobile. And then how-to schema is primarily a mobile thing. And so if you're not seeing it, double check that it's on mobile. As digital marketers, we forget that a lot of our audience is on mobile. And so checking those results there as well is important. It never clicked with me until you just said it that schema and rich snippets don't improve rankings. I think I just defaulted to assuming it did because obviously it improves click-through rate, I assume. Does that correlate still with improved traffic? If you're seeing that you're getting more click-through rate because of your rich snippet on SERP, does Google still want to reward that? I think they've explicitly said that structured data, which drives rich snippets, does not improve your rankings. There might be a study out there that says otherwise, I'm not 100% sure on the validity of those or what kind of sample size they did with those. But for the most part, the idea behind these rich snippets is it just enhances your SERP listing. And so for an FAQ Mm -hmm. schema or how-to schema, let's say, I don't even know how many pixels that would be. But let's say you have a SERP listing that's about an inch tall. All of a sudden, that's two and a half, three inches tall, which is taking up a lot of more of that real estate on the SERPs. And so having that enhancement of that rich snippet is going to pull in more clicks because naturally, users' eyes are going to be drawn towards it because it's just larger SERP listing compared to everyone else on that page. Right. You're just taking up a lot more real estate. It's kind of the same concept as the featured snippet because even if you don't get a ton of click-through rate, it's still great like branding. It's like almost like a big billboard that your brand is featured more on. Exactly. And from our studies and what we've seen when we've implemented things like FAQs, reviews, or star ratings and how-tos is that nine times out of 10, even 10 times out of 10 for some clients, that mm-hmm. click-through rate improves every single time. So if you can do it, recommend going after it. And then our last tip is going to be around people also ask boxes. So that's another feature that came out or pretty much the same time as featured snippets rolled out. These PAA boxes were starting to show up. That is a little bit more of a moving target. There's less studies and less information out there on how to secure PAA boxes. But I do find at a high level, it is really helpful to inform long tail keywords and also just inform your content. Something that I find with blog posts is that they do a really good job at answering the keyword or specific query, but they don't do as good of a job of answering the yes and component. So for example, if I am targeting a guide on cryptocurrency, 
I'm probably going to spend a lot of my posts just defining what cryptocurrency is, talking about the types of different cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and all the others that I don't know, which is good. And that's a good first start. But then you'll see on the SERP, there's questions and the people also ask box like, is cryptocurrency a good investment? How much is a crypto coin worth? And those are some of the like additional questions that are going to pop up after a reader is done reading your article. And so why not just go ahead and put those questions and answers in your current article already? Because it's clearly going to be the next search they're about to make. So why not encourage them to just stay on your post and keep reading as opposed to bouncing back to Google and potentially finding a competitor article or just another publisher article. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave us a review. 